Hello and welcome along everybody. This is the Super Six Podcast. As always, we love having your company. It's myself, Laura Woods, and Bio Akinfenwa. Hello, mate. How are you? Yo, what's going on, LW? How are you, babes? Not too bad, thank you very much. Crazy week of football, so much going on. There's goals galore. Not that I want to get straight into it with you, but I'm going to anyway. You were on the wrong end of a big scoreline, weren't you? LW, I thought we said we was not going to chat about this. What? Nah, yeah. Nah, we were, we were. It was hard. I won't lie to you, even at my tender age, it was hard, man. We had we sat in the change room after an hour and after the game for an hour and a half and we just we went hard at each other, you know, just because you know what the crazy when they say the game is of two halves? The first half we was in it, it was two two and literally you didn't know which way the pendulum was swing. And then I mean listen, football's like that. I won't I, listen, I've, I've been in the game long enough and I've lost that exact same score about 10 years ago. So, look, I've been in football long enough to know, but it's not nice. I, I kid you not, it's not nice. Um, but, look, we had a game yesterday and, unfortunately, I don't think we did enough to win it, but it was a clean sheet and it was a point on the board and every point's crucial in where we are now. So, I won't lie, when I saw the result, the Man United-Southampton result, not like it gave me some joy, but, you know, when you do say it as a player and say, look, you know what? Sometimes anybody can get it and, you know, it don't matter the level, anybody can get it and Southampton got it last night. I, I kind of know what you mean. Like, it's not like them losing. It's like, oh, they've lost by a bigger score or anything like that. It's just that, like you say, it can happen and that is football, especially this season, even though Southampton had done it before last season. Also, did you know it was Groundhog Day? So it was Groundhog Day yesterday, the day that they did it again. So like, no. kind of old, how weird is that? So weird. Oh. And I was watching it and I kind of, I just kept thinking, because I was like, as a player, would you be thinking about that scoreline the more it goes? So it gets to four and you think, oh no, and then it gets to five. Are you thinking the players that were on the pitch for the 9-0 the first time against Leicester? Do you think they would have been thinking that? Yeah, man, it comes into play. Mm. The reason why I say that, because on Saturday... It, like, I remember I come on at 4-2 and it quickly went 5-2. And then the next tack, it went 6-2. And then it went 7-2. And you know what? You start hearing them numbers. So, you know, the sixes, the sevens, which are, they're like, they're not football scores. And then you start thinking, rah, there's nothing we can do to kind of change momentum. Sometimes you, as much as I know fans be watching and thinking, how can it happen? But momentum's such a crazy thing. And you literally just can't get out of the days. It's just... Okay, boys, let's stay solid for five. And then you slip and it goes in. And it, it is, and you do think about that. You know, you, you look at it and you think, rah, they've scored again. Rah, they've scored again. And then, boys, after it hit five, six, you know they would just been like, all right, boys, let, let's not happen it again. So you try as much as possible to try and stop it. And then a goal goes in. I, I didn't see any of the goals, but... And listen, good I know... Goals. Sa- like, yeah, they were good they goals. Were, and listen, I know Southampton got, they got two players sent yeah. off. Um... And then you're running around and that. But yeah, man, as players, look, we're all human, innit? There's no two ways about it. We're all humans. But yeah, man, they, they would have thought about it. Yeah. Guess what? I actually think that the Laura Woods curse is lifting slightly. Why, why, why are you saying that? There's method to my madness. So basically, last week we had Liam Cooper on, brilliant guest. Yeah, yeah. They just come off the back of a win against Newcastle. And then they yeah. went on to beat Leicester away from home at the King Power 3-1 at the weekend. So that's like my yes. first kind of bit of evidence. Our oh, guest okay. this week is a Sheffield United player. They won yep. last night and they have a game this weekend. So I'm kind of thinking... Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. LW, LW. I see what you're trying to do here, yeah? You see how you said we 
yeah. interview Liam Cooper, we are going, it's the, see, it's no longer like the <laughs> LW, because when I'm with you, we balance, like our balance, you know, with the yin to the yang. So when you try and put that, Judah, 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 I come back with the jada, 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 jada. You see what I did there? <laughs> you Are you saying that my bad karma is balanced out by your good karma? Listen, I didn't want to say that, but I'm glad you did. You know what I'm saying? So for me, again, I know we say this, but I, listen, this dude that we're interviewing today, he's kind of like the benchmark. You know, when you, you do what you have to do and he did it the long route. He did it the long route. Nah, man, it should be fun, man. Yeah, this guy is brilliant. Um, he's an absolute hero around the streets of Sheffield. People love him in the game as well. He does so much for so many different reasons and on a lot of different levels as well. Really good guy. Shall we meet him? Yeah, man, come on, man. Let's get into it. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. So this week's guest is an absolute legend in Sheffield. As I said earlier on, he is the club captain of Sheffield United. He also scored the winner, incidentally, last night. And he's taken the time out to come onto our podcast today. Please give a warm welcome to the club captain. It is Billy Sharp. Yo, Billy! Morning, Billy. Billy, Billy, Billy! My God, what's going on? You okay? <laughs> what a time to get you on the podcast. How perfect is this? I know, yeah. Well, I knew I was possibly coming on and, you know, I needed to make sure it was a good timing and managed to do it just in time before the gaffer brought me off so of course in it we know the season you're having look I've seen you play played against you you've just scored goals upon goals talk to us about last night yeah we was we was a little bit disappointing first off uh, we had a lot of the ball West Brom kept a good shape and sat deep and we didn't really penetrate and and cause them any problems and obviously had the the blow just before half time with them scoring and the gaffer made made it quite clear that he wasn't happy and made a change. And yeah, of course, it, it helped us. We got up the pitch a lot quicker, a lot higher, and got in behind them and caused them a lot of problems. And you know, it is when you when you're on the pitch, you can feel it. And obviously, no fans in the stadium, but you could just feel it. Uh, as soon as we scored the first goal, they they knew they was in trouble, and they was actually shouting on, saying we need to make a change of some sort because there's only one way this is going. And that is exactly how it felt. And Everybody deserves huge credit on the pitch last night because no one went hiding, which, you know, we didn't hide in the first half, but we just couldn't, we just didn't play quick enough. And second half, we, we showed what we're about and, and got the vital three points, which is obviously a, a step in the right direction. It must be, Billy, really tough, mentally draining to be in a situation in the season where you feel like you're, you're battling pretty much from the off. It's just been completely different to last season. What do you think has changed? Listen, the fans is a big part of our game, I'll be honest. Um, home and away. You know, you, you, go, you go away to, to Old Trafford, for instance, like last week. If we had done what we did to Manchester United the first half, gone in 1-0, their fans would have been right on the back and ours would have been all over us. They'd have, they'd have been pushing mm -hmm. us. And obviously we got the win last week, but just instances like that, even last night, 1-0 down, they'd have known that we were the better team first half, but just wasn't quite clicking and... They'd have stayed with us and give us that big roar and kick into the cop end. Um, it, it's it's mad how how good it feels kicking that way with the fans sucking the ball in the net. And it, like I say, it felt like there was fans in the stadium last night because the momentum, the wave after attack, just just kept coming and we all believed and could feel it feel it happening. But I think momentum, you know, the fixtures wasn't as kind this year as last year's start and. Obviously, once you, you lose one or two, 
I've said it, I think I've said it before in many interviews, when you're winning, it's hard to lose. And when you're losing, it, it's, it becomes a lot harder to win. And yeah. confidence of players, mentality when you're 1-0 down, it's a lot harder to to play when than when you're 1-0 up. So it's important in the next two, three, four, five games going forward that we get that first goal because we're a completely different side. Um, but it was nice not, last night to, to come from behind to, to show that we are still fighting and We've got a big fight on our hands, but you know we're going to tick games off and hopefully we can put a little run together. See, it resonates what you're saying because I would say we're similar to your position where we are, Wickham. You know, we're bottom of the league and we're fighting every every game we're fighting and exactly, momentum's a hard shift. When you're losing, you're losing, you know, and when you're winning, you're winning. And the fans, which you say, I mean, it's our first time in the championship and the fans, where sometimes you need them to push you over, when you need them, like you said, you can sense the energy. Like as players, you can sense the energy and sometimes it's so important, which I think when people are watching it, they do not understand the role when the energy, when, when there's no fans, you need them because we are only human. You know what I'm saying? So we're similar to you. Is we need to get them wins, but we're trying to show every day. I'm like, to be fair, I want to say, I'm like, righty, I do think you're going to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? So quote me now. I think Sheffield United's going to get out of it, Billy. So, you know, I'm out there, brother. Don't, don't serve me wrong out here because I think you're going to do it, though, to be fair, brother. Yeah, I've seen Wrighty's tweet. I think it was either last night or this morning. And no, it's great that, you know, people are, some people are still uh, thinking we can do it. And, we believe we can do it. It's going to be a tough task, but like yourselves, um, everybody wrote you off and it's good to see you chipping away at it and, you know, hopefully you can pull a few wins back as well because it isn't nice losing football matches, but did incredibly well to get there and had the little cup run as well, which was, was nice to see. Let me ask you something. So, you know, yesterday's goal and I'm just going to ask as, because you're a pup. I know you're a pup. You're a youngster. Don't worry about it. 35 in two days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask, does it for you does it feel sweeter scoring now because I mean look you've scored so many goals so when every time it hits the back of the net does it still feel like jeez it's a beautiful thing yeah you know yourself there's no better feeling than scoring a goal a, a winner like yourself you're playing at the highest level you've played at at your age, it's the same for me. I'm playing at the highest level. I haven't scored yet, though, Billy, but I'm, I'm still trying. I haven't scored it yet, though, but I'm still know, trying, brother. You will do, though. I believe you do. <laughs> my brother, my brother. Um, yeah, you can't... I just, I wish there was fans in that cop end in the stadium because, yeah, it's it's not the same, but to score a yeah. winner at the cop end for my club is it's an unbelievable feeling. and I, I'm just delighted for the boys at the minute because they've had a tough time of it and I, I was the lucky one to get the winner last night, but... Yeah, I was right place at the right time. I think I was seven yards out, maybe. So pretty far for me, that one. Um, <laughs> in between the goalposts. And, um, yeah, I'm just delighted I could do it because the ball could have quite easily gone out a couple of seconds earlier and I'd have been whipped off. So, um, no, I was, like I, said, I, I was lucky last night to get that opportunity uh, with, with a few seconds remaining what I had. So, Billy, your role with Sheffield United for such a long time has, has just been, you're such a leader and obviously you're the club love you, the fan base love you. Do you feel the last couple of seasons you would have obviously wanted to be involved more and you feel like actually your contribution is important? Yeah, I, I want to play every game. Uh, I know that's not possible, but I'd love to have played a lot more than I have last and this season especially. But when I got given the armband, you know, the gaffer said a few things to me which I didn't really 
understand until last season and this season with the terms of having the armband. I feel I've grown as a player and as a person with the armband and I love having the responsibility and being the point of call to the, to the boys in the dressing room, and etc. But yeah, it's been tough, I'll be honest. When I'm not playing as a captain, you want to be able to influence the lads and it is hard sometimes when you're not playing because, yeah, you've got your own personal disappointments. But I know I've been a pain for the gaffer all season because... I've been telling him I, I want to I want to play. You know I feel I can influence the team even if I'm not scoring goals. And you know I just that's all I want to do. I just want to help. I just want to be a part of it. And yeah, even when I don't play and I don't come on, people will say I'm an influence, which is fine. But I feel I do much more when I'm on the pitch. So um, yeah, I, you know he's got he's got six good strikers and he has to pick two because you know we play two up front. But no, I'm I'm delighted. I've got myself back in in the starting eleven, and I just need to keep working hard and keep performing and being an influencer on the pitch for for the rest of the lads. I like listen. See what makes you laugh about it, and look, I already know. Listen, I've played against you, and I know the energy, and I know the the interview you've done. I've seen you play. You play a massive role, even if you don't play. And of course, to you, when you're thinking, listen. I get it. Like, there's all that comes into wearing an armband. I, you know, I've got to support the boys on and off the pitch, but you've still got so much to give on the pitch. And I get that. But the last two years, and I know you're not, but this is me just saying it, even in the training, the the energy, the, the showing the gaffer that you, you can still play, all that does is just push on your strikers that he plays because they can't rest on their levels because they know if they don't go hard, Billy's on their shoulder going to play. So I get that the, the, the mindset of, oh, you know what, gaffer play me because I can do it. But you as the captain, you bring so much and that responsibility that you bring in the changing room don't ever look at it like it is not as powerful as scoring a winner, even though there's nothing better feeling than, than scoring goals, if you understand what I'm saying. But because I'm where you are now, yeah. to be fair, that shifted. It's, it's the first time it shifted this season where I was on this gaffer play me. Don't worry, I'm Superman. I can do it. Like, I literally can do it. And I had to come to the realisation that, listen, big man, you can't. You know what I'm saying? So even though you can't do it as much as you want to on the pitch, your role is like, we've got a striker we've brought in and my role is now to be like, listen, what I've experienced to try and pull it into him. And I know that. And it's a hard shift, which some people outside the game won't clock. It's a hard shift to move to say, yeah. oh, you know what? I have to try and use my other skills off the pitch rather than on it. If you know what Yeah, I mean. listen, I understand that. And no disrespect to you, but listen, if, if that comes to me, if you've looked in the mirror and you think that, then, you know, that's fine. But I'm just not accepting that. Well, I'm not accepting it because <laughs> I love that. I'm not I'm not at that point. And I will, I'll look in that mirror. And if I know I'm not going to influence Sheffield United Football Club, which obviously I I support, I, I will I will say, I'll be honest and I'll say, you know, I'll, first of all, I'll say it to myself, to my family, to my dad, to and then to the manager. And I'll say, look, yeah, I think you are right, but... And then I still can be a part, like you're saying. Man, I, I honestly think you get one goal, you know what that's going to do for you. you, you yeah, 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 yeah. It's not even that. That was what we, me and you discussed afterwards. And that was what I wanted to ask you now. So body-wise for you, and to be fair, I think I know what you're going to say anyway. So body-wise to you, have you seen the change or 
Uh, right now, you're like, no, nah, you know what? It doesn't really matter for me the age-wise. I still feel good. I still feel sh- I still feel like I can do it. Yeah, I feel the older I've got, the stronger and the better I've looked after myself. You know, when I was 23, 24, I, I thought I was Superman, like yourself. Um, <laughs> I thought I could drink 10 beers, not do extra work, not recover right. And maybe I should have done that better when I was younger. But since I hit 30... I have looked after myself a lot better. I mean, the best shape I have ever have been in my career. Wow. And, yeah, I, I've made sacrifices to make sure I can keep going. Can we talk about your time at Sheffield United, how it began, how you got scouted? Because it really is a love affair. You've obviously gone off and done other things with other clubs and, and then come back round full circle, which is a great story. How, how did you get scouted? I was playing Sunday League football and then I think Sheffield United and Rotherham, it was what were interested in me. And for some reason, I chose to go to Rotherham. It was a school of excellence at the time. So I went there and I had an agreement that if I wasn't happy, I could go to Sheffield United and I wasn't happy. So I think they'd ended was up... Was it too pay, excellent? I think it was at <laughs> about, about 75 grand compensation, which was quite a lot of money back then. But, what? Uh, well, it still is now, but obviously not in football. <laughs> and then did my scholarship, made pro, and then I think I made one or two appearances, but then made the sacrifice, which my dad didn't push me, but advised me, uh, rushing in diamonds to go on loan. Didn't know where they, where they, who they were or where they was, but that was a super move for me because it's where England used to train and the facilities were phenomenal. And I know, I know Bayo was there just before me or, yeah. Yeah, just, just before. before yeah. Um, and the facilities were amazing. I, I remember the first day coming in, the kit man said, put your kit in there. And as I turned around after I took my kit off, He'd got a hanging a robe up. It was beautiful, wow. innit? Put my arms in. I, I, put my arms in the robe. Went and had a bath, read a paper. I was thinking, wow, this is better than being a Sheffield United at the time. Um, <laughs> and I, I managed to do do well there. And, you know, that feeling of playing proper man's football and not playing for the under-21s or whatever it was back then. And I wanted more of it. And... I made that decision to go to, to Scunthorpe um, when I was 18, I think it was, and it couldn't have gone any better. Sheffield United ended up paying me back for two million quid, I think it was, and had some good times then. But again, I, listen, I, I wish I could have played for Sheffield United all my career, but it wasn't to be. And I made move after move. I had a period in my career where I was on loan for three clubs where it was I'd had a couple of issues in my personal life, which... I struggled with it. And then when I was at Southampton, did well, but didn't have the backing of the owner, I think it was then, because he got rid of a manager who did have my backing. And it seemed to go a bit pear-shaped for two years, wasn't settled. But then when I went to Leeds, I thought, right, this is brilliant. Amazing club, back up north. Had four managers in a season. Again, had some brilliant times. Um, but it was the club was in a bit of turmoil at the time. Uh, Chilino was wrecking the place and I'm, obviously I'm happy to see them doing well now and, you know, the club's in good hands now. So, But that was the that was me going from Southampton via Leeds to get back to Sheffield United and, yeah, I dropped from Premier League to League One in, in about a season and I had no issues with that because it was Sheffield United. If it had been another League One club in for me, I wouldn't have even thought about it twice, but... Um, yeah, it was. It's been unbelievable. The last four seasons, could I couldn't have wrote it down on a piece of paper any better. And uh, two promotions, scoring lots of goals, and 
being captain of of the club I support, it's it's it's, it's mental. Um, I I don't think I'll appreciate it until I've you know I've finished. And I speak to a lot of people who say keep going as long as you can because you're a long time retired, and that's something. Thirty five is going to hurt me. I'll be honest. Two days. Like, hey, stop, Dad. Stop talking. Thirty like years that. old to thirty five. I just think it's the same. 31, 32, it's all the same. But then 35, I, oh, I'm going yeah, to I'm gonna feel old. But um, Yes, brother. I've got an opportunity to collect the pension, but I'll I'll, I'll wait and I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> you hit the slope, keep... don't you? It's, it's like a slope down to 40. No, no, I'm no, not there listen, yet, Billy, listen, by the way. But yeah. No, 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 you're not. I, I'm telling you, you're going to ball to your 40. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, you're going to ball to your 40. Nobody will tell you now, you're going to ball to your 40. If you want to, you can ball. So let me ask you, so like you said, you did League One, you did the Champ, you did the Prem. Done League Two. You did League yeah. Two? Oh, so you played so in all the cool. league. <laughs> I played, of course, like you know, you touched on it. I'm playing the highest I've done at 38. So I've played my predominantly in the lower leagues. And you've done what? Not to say the right way, it's just your way. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Where you've gone through all the leagues. So... What's the difference in the leagues? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. You've scored goals in, in all of them. So what's the difference in the leagues? Well, the things that aren't different is there's a green pitch, two goals at either end and a football. <laughs> but yeah, in the Premier League, there's, you know, the quality is just, it just goes up a level, especially with the top six, top eight teams. Um, yeah, in League Two, League One, I'll be honest, the goalkeeper can kick one, everyone can miss it, and you can run onto it and, and score. I scored a few like that. Um, there's, there's a lot more mistakes, but I'll be honest, it's still an amazing game. League Two, League One, whatever, it's it's still absolutely fantastic. And I, I'm actually happy I, I did that process from League Two and went up the ladder. And yeah, I've had everyone writing the fat lad off, but I've had belief in myself. And I've been there, but I well done. I, you know, I, I know I can score goals in the Premier League and. I'm, yeah, I'm lucky enough I'm, I'm doing that at the minute, but it's just been a, a, a long graph to get there. And I got there with Southampton and then got had it taken away from me, but I've worked hard to get back. And I'm just, obviously, this is the team I wanted to do it with and the club I've, I've wanted to do it with since I was, you know, a little boy. I remember interviewing you just when you guys got promoted. I'm trying to remember who the first game was against because you came off the bench and scored the equaliser, didn't you? And it was like, and fans were in the stadium and it went just went absolutely berserk. Who was that? Yeah, against? it was Bournemouth, yeah. I remember a week before this in, this is a little story, um, it was in France and we just played, I think it was Reims. It was unbelievable. It was, the tempo <laughs> they played out, we was like, wow, we're in, if we don't liven up like next week, this is what it's going to be like. And uh, I wasn't starting that game and I, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. I knew the team that started, you know, that game was going to start the week after and, I'll be honest, I was a little bit upset and, and disappointed because I've, I've worked hard pre-season, but I knew there was, it was only the start and I had plenty of time to get my chance. And I was sat next to Ben Osborne at the time and I remember just saying to him, he said something to me, I said, oh, it's OK, mate, I'll get my chance, you know, come on, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get a goal. And it's exactly what happened and we still chat about that now. And I just remember the game, we, we, we did really well. We could have been one or two goals up the first half and... And then the gaffer said, look, go and get warmed up, you're coming on. And it was mental. Premier League, Sheffield United, it doesn't get much better. And again, I was the lucky one. Somehow come off my left shin, bounced a couple of times, went in the corner. And it was at the at the right end as well with the Sheffield United fans. And yeah. the scenes, still seeing that now, it, gives, it makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck. And the photo I've got up in my house, it's 
it's something I always walk past and makes me smile. And it was a, a very, very important goal in my career because a lot of people was writing me off and managed to put them, shut them up after about seven minutes, I think it was. You seem to feed off of it, you know, like the, the fact that you have these critics and the fact that you have um, continually seen them off throughout your career. Do you think that in a way, even though it's not nice, because no one really enjoys that level of criticism and it can be really loud in football especially, can't it? But in a way, you're almost glad it's there because it probably gives you a little bit of firepower. Yeah, who wants to be Ronaldo or Messi? It's boring. No one writes exactly. you Exactly. <laughs> no one says you you can't do it. No one says this. Um, no, I'll, I'll be honest. That's what I'm missing. I miss the I miss my my fans, you know, the home fans, but I miss the away fans as well. <laughs> I said the same they, thing, bro. They give I me a lot of stick thing. and they drive me on and... You know, the chance they give, yeah, some of them, yeah. well, I'm not going to be able to say what they say on here, but... Say it and um, we'll just drop it out afterwards if it's really bad. <laughs> you fat b***h is obviously the obvious one. <laughs> hey, bruv, they've said my tits are offside, bruv. What do you mean, brother? Bruv, because we're the same, Billy, we're the same. <laughs> it's always nice. I don't know. I think the Norwich fans, they're one of, they're one of the worst the, to me. Bradford, all in good heart. Um, but I always seem to get, get the goal and... You know, shushing him, yeah. it's a good, fit. Yeah, it's a good yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean it in a nasty way. I just, you know, it's... I think there's like a bit of a love-hate relationship between some of the opposition fans, which... Yeah, they, they are the people that make football, I'll be honest. Without the fans, it's yeah. not the same game. And yeah. To be honest, last night I didn't even think about VAR. Something could have happened that I didn't see, but I just let the emotions get away with me and did a... 15-foot knee slide, I think it was, and, and then the social distancing. I, it, you know, honestly, it was quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect conditions. Oh, damn, I haven't seen it, you know. I'm going go to go check it after it. this. Yeah. I didn't Oli see McBurney it. Oliver nearly breaks my neck it. and then my knee nearly comes out. And, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> football, it is it's strange times at the minute, but unbelievable feeling last night, even without the fans. But, yeah, can't replicate it with the fans. I remember you mentioned Keon there because I remember your partnership one season where you two was just on flames. So I'm going to ask, so all the players you played with through the leagues and that, yeah. who was for you that you look back now and think that just complimented you as a partnership on a different level? Do you know what? I've had so many... I think people, because I was small, said put me with a big man, but I don't really look at it like that. I'd like to play someone who I can play with, not off, if you know what I mean. If anything, someone play off, off me, if you like, but... Me and Didzi as a partnership, we, I think we got 39 goals together in the championship, which, you know, was a big help to get us promoted. Um, he was on trial at the club. He was out of contract and he was on trial and he's been a great addition to the club. And recently he's been one of the one of the great partnerships for me. Um, Andy Keogh, like you said, I remember sitting down, signing for Scunthorpe and he was the one who I first spoke to and sat next to. Similar age, similar hobbies and interests and... We hit it off. We used to have a shed at Scunthorpe. It was like an indoor AstroTurf, but it was a, an old farm shed thing and used to bounce it off the barriers on the sides past the other players and we used to have a laugh with it and linking up, you know, you can work on partnerships, but they tend to come naturally and that's what we had, a, a natural instinct. I wanted to get him goals, he wanted to get me goals and we had fun doing it and but again, I James Beatty at Sheffield United is a very good friend. He, he, I learned a lot of him, to be honest. In awe of him at, at the start, but you know he used to do a lot for my for my belief because he used to you know forget about everything else, um, take yourself out of it, think think of good things, positive things, and 
we used to work on on finishing, which is a strong point in my game. But like I say, he le he learnt me a lot on and off the pitch, so he's up there as well. Ricky Lambert, when I, I didn't actually know what he was like and he's gone through the similar process to what I'm going through. League Two won Championship and Premier League and scored got and even internationally he's did it. He was unbelievable with his feet and it, whether it was in his chest, whether it was with his head, he was a very clever player and he, could, he was an hell of a finisher as well. So yeah. they, they stand out in, in my mind and like I say, I've, I've had a lot of good partnerships and We've I've scored a lot of goals with with the partnership that I've just said, but I think the last person I played up front with when I played against the Beast was when you were Swansea and you had a good partner, I, Lee Trundle. Yeah. You and him was yeah, you know, you used to bounce off each other, and it was all. I think you two was the the ones who was up there with with myself in the in the scoring charts in 2007. I think that was yeah, it was it was proper. Like you said, I, I can I totally because it's. It's just natural. Like, me and Trons, we hit it off, you know, both on and off the pitch. And like you said, you can work, but you just bounce off it. You just enjoy each other's games. And they were the good times. Listen, I watched you as banging <laughs> goals that, that season. Good times, good yeah. times. Great memory. Was this, so this was 2006, 2007, right? When you were talking about scoring these goals? Yeah. 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 So you are talking about Scunthorpe. Yeah, Scunthorpe. So we was top of the league and I was up front with Jermaine Beckford. Bayo was with Trundle and yeah. we, we managed that... to win 2-0 that night and get promoted that season. But uh, Andy Keogh had just gone to Wolves. He got his move and Jermaine Bedford came in. and Oh, that was the game. I, I swear that was the game I broke my yeah, leg. Yeah, you did, mate. You, you, I think you came off, well, you came off at half-time, yeah. And it's funny, actually, yeah. because the reverse fixture before at Blanford Park, I was the one who got carried off. And I remember you coming up to me and giving me a, a you know a tap to see if I was all right when I was going off on the stretcher. I did my ankle ligaments that game, and I think that was Gary Monk who went through me that day. And yeah, like you said, I think you got injured that the reverse victory as well. Yeah, yeah. You to be fair, you come in half time. See, the worst thing is, of course, you don't remember stuff like this. I remember half time. I was on gas and air, and I was waiting for the ambulance. You came in, checked twice, and I think it was Foster. I was with yeah. Foster at Doncaster, yeah. and he's the one who went through the back yeah. of me. But I won't hold nothing. Oh, well, not now. It was an accident. And then you both come in um, at half time to see what how I did. Um, it was a Tuesday evening yeah. game. Yeah, you won 2 know that. Yeah, man. Oh, mm. see, I remember that. Jeez. The reason I brought that up, because you obviously mentioned it anyway, is because that season was when you scored 30 times, yeah. which was a record in all four of them, the highest total in the four leagues in England, yeah. which was pretty special. And obviously, like it helps like, when you're in a good team or when you're with, with a, a good partner. Funnily enough, I worked with Jermaine Beckford the other day as well. He doesn't stop talking, does he? He does <laughs> not stop talking. I was, sat, I was sat with him watching the Leeds game, but I loved it. It was, it was like constant commentary. So I had the commentary normal, like Sky commentary in my ear. And then I had Jermaine's as well. And he wasn't listening to the Sky commentary, but they were very similar. It was brilliant. I loved working with him. A real big character as well. But that season, to, to walk away from that season and score 30 times, that was just, that must have just been incredible. Yeah, it was. And it's funny, actually. I, I got an award off Soccer AM. They used to do the Golden Shoe or something. Like, it was like a, it was a leather shoe what they sprayed and it was on like a wooden plaque. And <laughs> I still got that now. And I, I thought it was amazing at the time. <laughs> not not the golden espadrille. I think it was just the golden shoe. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But it was, to do that with Sheffield United was, you know, to replicate that. I got the thirty for Sheffield United in in the same league as well. Which I wanted one more just to break that one. But mm. yeah, it's a record for Scunthorpe, and 
something I'm proud of as well. Um, I had great memories at Scunthorpe and that set me up for my career that I've had now and I don't underestimate and I'm still very grateful for the opportunities at Scunthorpe, Doncaster and obviously Russian and Diamonds who were the first people who, who gave me the opportunity to, to be able to showcase what I can do. Bill, you, you seem mad confident, right? So have you always been this way in a sense of from young and where does this confidence come from? Where is this self-belief? Where did it come from? Yeah, I think self-belief is a big part of being a successful player. And um, yeah, if you go onto the pitch, this is what I said, if you go onto the pitch with doubts, like maybe we, we was as a team a few weeks ago, there isn't going to be many good things that happen. You have to go out there and believe in each other, believe in yourself and put that together as one and, you know, if if you gave a bad touch away and I'm on your back in a criticism, it's not going to help you. It's going to affect me and you. But if I'm saying, Bayo, you know, unlucky, go again, get the next one right, you're going to be like, yeah, I will. And you'll do it for me and yeah, yeah. I've been good with you. Yeah. And it's just the chemistry on the pitch, you know, needs to be positive. And I've always been that way. I've always... Like I say, when I was 23, 24, I thought I was Superman. I thought I was invincible. Mm. You know, I, I, I have gone onto the pitch as the older I've got, maybe thinking, you know, can I do this? But, you know, I've got, got through that and I do believe I can play and score in the Premier League and I'm managing to do that now, which I am. I'm incredibly proud of it, but I've worked hard, hard to get there. And, I, you know, I just think for any youngster, you know, have that balance, not be not be too low, not be too high. Um, have the confidence and the belief, but don't get too high with the good times and don't get too low when it's not going so, so well. And yeah, yeah. I've managed to be able to balance that and keep it at a level where it's good for me. What was Doncaster like? Tell us about your time there. Yeah, uh, the Donny dream, we call it. Um, no, I had some, <laughs> some incredible players there, to be honest. Yeah, I wasn't playing as much at Sheffield United and Doncaster took me on loan initially and the first day, Johnny Oster and James Coppinger, incredible ability with the ball at the feet. Um, both got me a lot of goals. Technically very, very good. Probably two of the best that I've played with and the training was really good. I really, That's when I started to really enjoy my training. Intense, but really suited the way I wanted to play and the team was, was playing and complemented each other and scored a lot of, lot of goals for them. But that's the time where I, I wasn't really looking after my body right and was getting a few injuries, which was affecting me and stopping me from getting to the 20-goal barrier. So I think they, they ended up buying me and ended up scoring again. I think I got 17, an injury prevented me from getting a 20, but ended up getting a, a move when, when, I, when I got back fit. And I remember it was Leicester and Southampton who was the teams after me and... I managed to score against a brace against Leicester one week, and then the week after I scored against Southampton, I was thinking, right, that's not done any harm. Not, <laughs> not that I wasn't happy at Doncaster. I, I was loving it, but everybody wants to play at the highest possible level they, they can, and yeah, they, they gave me the stepping stone to get that move. But I owe a lot to Doncaster anyway, as you know. Helped me through an incredibly tough time in in my personal life, and you know, I'll always be thankful for for, for the help and the support that. You know, um, the club, Dean Saunders at the time, who was the manager, and my teammates who, who helped me get through that period. Billy, if you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit more about this? This is your son, wasn't it, Louis? Yeah, um, he was He was born with a, you know, a defect called gastroscisis, which not quite easy to say. Um, 
and mm-hmm. and sadly passed away after you know two days of, of fighting but had some you know special moments in them two days which you know again nobody wants to lose a son or, or a child and I'm, I'm not we're not the first people to, to lose one and we're not we won't be the last but um shouldn't have to go through that heartache and football for me personally was the the reason I, I've you know I've not got over it but managed to to deal with it and I have said in interviews before I was looking back I was selfish to probably you know leave my wife who well who's now my wife um at the time on her own and that was probably not the right thing to do but I think football helped us both as as a couple as well to to overcome and and deal with with the situation that we, we was dealt with it's inspired you as well in a way to um to help other youngsters isn't it get into the game and develop them and and that's a passion of yours yeah i've set up an academy which is something i've always had the passion to do but i thought i was going to do it after i'd finished playing but i had advice from from people around me that you know it'd be good to do it now to to help the younger kids and that's another thing for me fans are a big part of the game but children looking up to you know the heroes I, i've done it Brian Dean and Alan Shearer were my heroes and I watched what they did and I wanted to, to help the kids because I, I know now I, I hear I see kids I hear kids Sheffield United have asked my, my child to come along to, to the academy he's, he's only just turned eight he's far too young for my you know I'd, I don't want to bore him with football I want him to just enjoy it with his friends and you know what if he's got the ability then so be it but there's a lot of kids at six, seven, eight years old who I'm, I'm seeing with tears in their eyes because they're at Man City, a branch of Man City. So they're not in the elite Man City, but they're in a branch that Man City are looking at. They get released. They go to Sheffield United. They get released. And they think the career's not even started. They think the career's done. They, I had one, one kid saying, yeah, I'm not good enough because Man City and Sheffield United have let me go. And I'm saying, you are not going to play football for Sheffield United professionally at eight years old, you have got from now until whenever it takes to be able to, you know, get to where you want to be. And my academy is just, it's for, for all ages, girls, boys, and for, for any ability. The, the coaches are all brilliant. They, they try and help individuals to get better. And, you know, there's no pressure there. It's an unlimited contract, if you like, not a contract, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's training for as long as they want it. There's no pressure it's there to have a smile on your face. And I've had, you know, the, the clubs come on to me and say, no, he's a good little player, isn't he? And I'm like, yeah, he is. He's, he's fine here, though. Um, you know, he doesn't... I just, I feel <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on them. the... There's a lot of pressure on the youngsters um, and drilling things into them. I don't know. I don't think it's good for him, to be honest, but that's the way it is this, this day and age. You know, the clubs want to get him as early as possible. So, I mean, listen, I love the fact that, you know, you're working. I've always said it. Um, the kids are, they're the, they're the next generation. You know, they are the future. You know, it's it's massive. The game's moved on. Society's moved on. But, see, the way I, I hear you talk, are you looking to go into management when you retire? Yeah, I think management's the way I want to go rather than coaching, even though I've set up the academy. Um, I like coaching. Say if there's a group of eight, ten-year-olds and all similar ability, it's so easy, it's so fun because... They want to listen and learn. But if, I'm, if I've am if i got the Wickham lads, there's going to be three or four of them thinking, what's he on about? 
He, I'm not. I'm not listening to him. Do you know what? He's, he's coaching. We will listen, man. We will he's listen. He's coaching. Listen. Oh, that's a that's a rubbish session or whatever. But as manager, you're the manager. So what you say goes and goes. You know, if yeah. you've got a good man at the side of you who's on the training pitch, because I do feel that's you know it's Alan Nil does you know most of the coaching and it is yeah. good and it's fun and but then end of the day the gaffer's the gaffer and. He has to do what the gaffer says, and I think I'd, I'd like that responsibility. But who knows? Really important question, Billy, because when you talk about going into management, you have to decide pretty early on whether you're a suit manager or a tracksuit <laughs> manager. Which yeah. Oh, um, I love a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. He's created uh, his own niche. Swinging, swinging his hair right. Uh, yeah. Time of manager. Yeah. <laughs> you got to grow your hair. <laughs> um, do you know what? I think I think I'd be more of a casual manager, but. You know, yes. a, a cup final, I might put the suit on if I got to a cup final. <laughs> uh, but then I'd, I'd be fuming if I lost the cup final and I'd, I'd be thinking it was all down to the suit. Um, no, I, I Are think, you superstitious? Yeah, a little bit. Not as much as I used to be. Um, I've got a few things. But... I think all footballers are, you know. I don't care what anybody says. All footballers are. And maybe superstition, I guess I'd, it's routine. I was sitting down with a rugby person and it's it's more routine so, you know, you're so used to doing a routine that you're like, listen, this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? So it, I, I guess it's routine, but I'm with you. I think most footballers are superstitious. Yeah, the superstitions when I was younger, it was crazy. I was like, say if I put my shorts on before something else, I had, I had to take them off and do it again. But that was getting, it was getting too much. I was thinking, oh, I've not scored today because I've not done this, I've not done that. But now it's it's what Bayo says, it's, it's, it's a routine, it's... Something that gets you into the zo- to the zone, match routine, and yeah, you feel comfortable, you're happy, you're ready to go, and yeah, I've I've got them like you say, every footballer has them, and I still do them now. We talked about football's changed. We talked about society's changed. So, what do you say to the youngsters coming through now? Are you on social media? I'm really? on social media. Yeah, which again. Yeah, that's what I wanted to add into it. So what do you say to the youngsters that we didn't have to deal with social media when we yeah. were young? So what do you say to the youngsters coming through, listen, touching on, no, don't get too high, don't get too yeah. low, but what's your advice to the youngsters in in all aspects, social media, the mentality? What's your advice to the youngsters? I wouldn't be on it. It's This is a thing. It's, this is the day and age we're in. You know, social media is a big part of people's lives, so... There's a lot of good with it, but there's also a lot of bad as well. Um, criticising a player when they've had a bad game is not going to help anybody. Yeah, you can't play well every game. Um, but if if you can take criticism and you can take people knocking you down, then if you're big enough to, to be able to take that on the chin, then fair dues. But for the youngsters, that, there's a few training with us at the minute and it's hard because I know exactly how they're feeling. Yeah, they're probably scared, but as soon as you get rid of that fear and you play with, like you're playing with when you're playing with your mates, it's a lot easier to play football when you're relaxed. And yeah. me, having known, been there, and I'm one of the older lads. Yeah, you try and build a relationship with them. You get to know the name, and when they're in and around you, you, try and make them as comfortable as they can because that is the big thing. I remember the the likes of Jack Lester and Rob Kosluck. I used to think, wow, they are. They are bad men. They are angry men, but they they was just making me become the the man I am today. And Jack Lester and you know the academy manager now, and I still see him, and he helped me. I thought at the time, the first few weeks, God, he's on my back, but he was just trying to help me. And people do it in a different way. 
I try to just help the young lads as much as possible, tell them if they need to ask any questions or want any advice, which some of them have come to me and Phil Jagielka, another one who's older than me, is as old as you. <laughs> so <laughs> they do. And I think now it's it's different coming up as a young lad. They don't have to do the things we used to do. You know, we used to get locked in the changing rooms, lights off. And you used to have to try and find your clothes and get dressed in the dark before you could go home or, you know, cleaning boots. I think the young lads should have to clean boots, you know. It's part of the process of being a footballer. Um, I agree, I agree. But you can't do that anymore. So, you know, the kit man does it and he gets a little bit of extra pay, which I'm sure he's happy about. <laughs> you seem to have played for a lot of teams with just like huge fan bases, like and really involved fan bases. Like I know everyone's fan base feels loyal, but there are some clubs with bigger fan bases than other, aren't there? What was the favourite? And you don't have to. I tell you what. What I'm going to do actually is I'm going to say you can't say Sheffield United because that's okay. easy. Oh yeah. So I when you knew you were going to say that, yeah, yeah. When you look back at the teams, <laughs> the clubs that you played for, whose fan base do you have the most affection for, and why? So hard to pick one out. I haven't. I haven't mentioned uh, Nottingham Forest, who was at um, mm. such a huge club with so much history. I went there after obviously going on loan from Southampton, having the personal issue, and they was really, really supportive and got right behind me from day one. And to score a goal at the Trent end was was a special feeling. And them fans really, really helped me. And the Southampton fans, they had a, a great song, one that. I'd not heard before, sung about me and I had a good relationship with them, even though it was only six months, managed to get promotion and a full St Mary's was was an amazing feeling as well. And Billy, your CV is certified, you know, brother. <laughs> I, it is certified. But you played for some heavy hitters. Proper, I certified. Um, you know, the, the Leeds one, I, I'm gutted about that, to be honest, because we only got the full stadium a few games you know, 36,000. We used to get around 28, 30,000, but only for the game, a few games where we got the full house. And I know they get full house every week now, which their fans are unbelievable as well. And mm. going back to Doncaster again, uh, I think they're only getting an average in around seven or 8,000. I know they're in League One now, but when we was in the um, Championship, it was full 15,000. And yeah, it's not as much as your Leeds, Southampton's, Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United's, but it was hell of a atmosphere and it's a lovely little ground yeah, and that, yeah, the fans were obviously very, very supportive of me and my family and I've always had a good relationship with, with, with the fans who I've played with and I feel that's something I always had to get right first to get their support, helped me out as a player and the relationship I had with, with the fans at the, the clubs I've just said is is uh, something is in my heart and I'm thankful for because... Like I say, the Leeds, I had four managers, but I scored on my debut 1-0. Shirt was off, looking good. I had a tan and everything. And that was against Middlesbrough, right? Against Middlesbrough, live on Sky. I'd only trained once before and wow. the fans straight away was were with me. And, you know, as soon as you get that, it's, it's, it, it helps out so much. And again, Scunthorpe, we used to get 7,000 full house. I don't think they get near four now, which it is. It's sad to see, but... Well, obviously, they don't get any at the minute because of what we're going through. But turned on me a little bit. I, I celebrated against them when I scored for Doncaster. It was my first goal for Doncaster. But I was getting paid by Doncaster. I was wanting to score goals for Doncaster. And that was my job. And it wasn't to disrespect the Scunthorpe fans. Um, but I think it was more... It was a different era of... A generation of fans who was getting on my back, to be honest, because they'd probably not seen me play for Scunthorpe 
when I then scored for Doncaster. So okay. um, I've, I have huge respect for Scunthorpe fans as well because I scored a lot of goals for them and, and got a, a great move back to the club who, who I love and support and who, who I'm at now. When Leeds got promoted and you were yeah. thinking, right, we're going to be in the same league, we're going to play against Leeds again, it's going to be this and that. Did you have quite a bit of... Well, what were the emotions? Did you feel good for them? Yeah, I did. Um, when we pipped into promotion, that felt really good, <laughs> you know. But I, I wanted them to, to, to then get promoted. And, I've, you know, I've got a good friend in Liam Cooper, who I know you've spoke to recently. He's yeah. the captain and he's doing great at the minute. And he, he was one who I signed on the same day as when I signed for Leeds. He's... There's only him and Calvin Phillips, I think, who was left when I was there. So a lot's changed and for the better, obviously. And it's good to see them doing well. They're, it's reminding me a lot of what we did last season. They're playing with a lot of belief, momentum, and uh, it's a credit to them boys because they haven't changed much. And I think they've only made two or three signings. So it, it reminds me very much of what we was like last season. Hopefully we can keep grinding out the results and stay in the, the league so we could play against Leeds with a full house at Bramalane or, or at Ellen Road. I just wanted to ask one question. Yeah. By who do you support? I support Liverpool. Right, okay. I didn't know yeah, if you yeah, did yeah. or not, because obviously I've I seen what the little bits with Henderson and stuff like that, but I didn't know oh, whether you did or not. he's a big fanboy. What? You ain't... What? Hey, what? hey, Billy, you don't follow me then. What the <laughs> hell? Huh? Liverpool. Liverpool. Cut me, I bleed red. Yeah. Like all of you, you get me? We all bleed red, actually, so I'll take that back. <laughs> but you know, no. <laughs> but I'm a Liverpool so who, who man, yeah? Listen, who I got your hero find... growing up? Who, who did you... John Barnes. Right, OK. John Barnes was the reason why I started supporting Liverpool. Yeah. But you, you see, I got fined a week's wages for wearing Liverpool yeah, shirt know, when, they, when they won the league. <laughs> yeah, bruv. Come That's on, TG. That's my team. <laughs> did, you, did you actually get fined a week's wages? Nah, we got promoted, oh, so right. we allowed yeah, it. Right. But he did say, yeah, he said if we don't, like, he'll find yeah. man. He said if we don't get promoted, I'll find him. And I was like, all right, cool, say nothing. So I bullied the boys to make sure we got. You sh you should find him for that leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and them dead-ass boots he wears. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen him or heard him talk about Liverpool. Their have, love for but, it is you know, honestly just, so strong. I did. I needed to hear you say it, yeah. Hey, that's my team team, bruv. You get me? So, Billy, um, you're at home to Chelsea on Sunday evening, who you've got a good record against, actually. And obviously, at the moment, there's a, a bit of swapping and, and changing with Chelsea. Is it a good time or a bad time to play them? Uh, well, it's a better time now than it was if we'd have been playing them three weeks ago. Because, um, you know, I think they just won a couple of games under Frank Lampard and we was obviously losing games, so... We've won five out of the last seven, albeit being a couple of cup games, but mm. we're as high as we've been for, for a while now. So I'd like to, to have been a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday because you can't beat that. But we'll have to wait a full weekend to, to get his teeth into that game. But yeah, we have to look forward to it. We'll be the underdogs and yeah, maybe rightly so, but they've got a new manager. He's changed the team twice now. So he doesn't know his best team, but mm. we're going to give it a right good shot and I feel it's important. We, we, if we can get that first goal, um, I've got a, you know a lot of belief in us. But if we don't, hopefully we can do what we did last night and turn it around. But it's a huge game in the Premier League. It's what you want playing against the big teams like your Chelsea's. And it's something we need to, to embrace and, and just go for it. So, Billy, we mentioned earlier on you turned 35 this weekend, don't you? Is it on Friday? Yeah, Friday, yeah. The big three five on Friday. I just wanted to tell you some of the people that you share your birthday with: Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, oh, Neymar, yeah, oh, Tevez, yeah, oh, <laughs> big hits there. 
big hitters. What big hitters? That's four big strikers. Think, like, come on. Georgie Hadji as well. Really? I think so. Haji as well. Georgie Hadji, yeah. We we uh, my dad called a dog after Georgie Hadji once after the um ninety-six Euros, I think it was, for Romania. Um so I think he's on the same day as well. Jordan Rhodes, I think, as well. Really? Yeah. Ever thought about dropping Cristiano a DM just to say happy birthday, Cristiano? It's my birthday too, and see if he Do you know what? I think back. three years ago I actually tagged him in and said Happy birthday, CR7. Didn't get anything back, so. What? Really? Nah, you know what? I'm going to meet. Disrespectful. I'm going to tag him. I'm going to tag you both in and say, hey, yo, CR7, <laughs> it's my boy Billy's birthday. Yeah, Happy birthday to you both. Tag him back. That's what I'm going to do on Friday. You are. I'll receive that one. message. Amazing. <laughs> right, Billy, have an amazing birthday. And I hope the birthday present for you is a win and you stay up in the Premier League because we all really, we wish you all the best and you've got a lot of uh, goodwill. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Blessings, brother. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, Billy. Take care. We are smashing it out of the park with these guests, aren't we, at the moment? Bye. Yo, we're killing it. We're shutting it down. He was so good, so good. Another another great guest on the bounce, Billy Sharp. We're wishing the best of luck for their games. And I do genuinely, I do think, as I said to him, there's a lot of support for Sheffield United. I think people really want them to do well. Yeah, him. man, I'm telling you, I do. I, I like them, man. maybe because I'm part of an underdog story and they've written people have written them off and yeah. that, but they played football right way. And nah, man, I, I hope they do it. I hope they get out of it. Yeah. Okay, it is time now to look at the Super 6 fixtures for round 33. Download the Super 6 app, create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be in with a chance of winning £250,000 this week. Another reminder that you can invite your friends to join the Super 6 and if your invited friends go on and win the jackpot, then you can win £25,000. Make sure you get involved as we could be talking about you next week. Okay, prediction time now. So here are the fixtures. I'm going to read them out as I normally do. And then, Bayo, you are going to tell me what you think and then I'm going to follow up. So first fixture, Newcastle against Southampton. Oh boy, listen, there's going to have to be a reaction. So I'm going to say 2-1 Southampton. I'm going to say 9-0 Newcastle. I'm going to say... (laughs) I think there's going to be a reaction as well. Newcastle actually playing a lot better than they have been before. Callum Wilson scoring goals again as well, actually, isn't he? But Saints still missing players. Bednarek's going to be out unless they can get that overturn, isn't he? Oh, it's difficult, this one. One, one. (laughs) 1-1. I bottled it. I bottled it. I went 1-1. Okay, Burnley, Brighton. I'm going to say 2-1 Burnley. I am going to say for this one, I think Brighton are going to get a win here. I'm going to say 1-0 Brighton. Okay, Okay. Bournemouth against Birmingham. Bournemouth just lost their manager, just fired their manager, Jason Tindall. Um, Oh, did that happen? Birmingham, that happened today, breaking news. Oh, we was thinking about that yesterday. Um, Mm. Sheffield Wednesday beat them, lost four and a bounce. Um, To be fair, I think we did see that come in. We played Birmingham yesterday. I'm going to say 1-0 Birmingham. Do you know what? I'm going to say 1-0 Birmingham as well, actually, because I think it's going to take them a bit of time. Yeah. Whoever they bring in, even if they have someone new in, it will take some time. Uh, what about Borough against Brentford? Oh, Brentford's not a team you want to focus on at the moment. Boy, yeah. you know what? I'm going to say 3-1 Brentford. I am going to say 2-0 Brentford. Sorry, Borough fans. Okay, Stoke, Reading. Um, I think both teams are in good form, but I'm going to say 2-1 Reading. 
I am going to say 1-0 Reading. Okay. And then our final one, QPR against Blackburn. QPR got a good result against Bournemouth the other day. I'm going to say 1-0 Blackburn. I am going to say... I'm going to say a draw for that one. I'm going to say QPR 1, Blackburn 1. Okay. All right, people, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I've got a shout-out, Billy Sharp, for joining us this week. It was so, so good. And a reminder as well, if you want to get involved, follow us on Twitter, at Super6, and use the hashtag Super6Podcast. If you like and subscribe, it will just automatically download each week. You don't even have to do anything. Yep, yep, yep. Listen to what LW says, listen to what I say, and we'll <laughs> see you next week. You get me? See you next time. Bye. Peace.